the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And in addition to my JD, I'm also a Master of the Laws of Taxation Laws and a Master of the Laws of Intellectual Property Laws. Now, both of these great master's degrees in law were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in the beautiful and slowly coming to life business-wise, but very active streets uh, protesting-wise, and that is to say the beautiful streets of downtown San Francisco. Now, because of my training, my experience, and mostly because of my lifelong interest, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. And I'm proud to say that as part of my overall practice, I sometimes have the opportunity to seek out and at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the victims of some forms of financial elder abuse as more and more of us find ourselves falling off the side of the earth into that brave new world I call seniorhood, where we might have a little bit of money set aside to take care of ourselves from working hard our whole lives, and then a group of charlatans that think that because we're old, they deserve the rights, and they have the license to separate us from our funds. So I don't like those guys, and I try to go after them any chance I get. So I'm coming to you again today from my makeshift studios in my home in the always beautiful city of Oakland, California. And I come to you to discuss some of the financial and legal issues that are confronting uh, all of us today. That is to say, as individuals, families, and small business owners. However, as always, I must caution you that my remarks are not uh, providing any legal advice, and I'm not developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully give you at least an overall view 
an overall outline of the issues you may need to seek out and find qualified professional help. Again, I believe that representing yourself in a legal matter, even if I have a legal matter, I'd seek out an attorney. And I do that because you're too emotionally involved. And if you don't at least have a legal education, you're like, you know, going into court with a butter knife, figuratively, while everyone else in the courtroom, including the judge, is going to uh, be armed to the teeth with the knowledge they have about the law, including the procedures. So that's why I really emphasize that you really need to seek out legal help to help you with your legal matter. Otherwise, your righteous defenses and your righteous claims will likely see the promised land way before you do, in my opinion. So as you guessed it, the purpose of Selwyn's Law is to discuss the law as it's related to your money. And unfortunately, in these times, more likely than not, the lack thereof as far as your money. And what you need to consider to protect your overall finances and what you need to consider to protect your individuals, your families, and your um, financial health and wealth and money-related well-being as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational form. And in as much as I'm also a practicing attorney and an imperfect person of faith, I have and will continue to use this platform to help bring important news and information about the intersection of the law and religion that I believe might be helpful to members of our various and diverse religious communities throughout the Bay Area, our great but greatly flawed nation, and this beautiful planet that the center of the earth has placed here for our use and stewardship. So it is in that latter capacity, that is to say myself as an imperfect person of faith and a legal researcher and a wannabe scholar, that I feel the need to discuss what's going on right around us. Not only in the small towns and villages and cities large and small across this country, but all around the world. And I am, of course, talking about the Black Lives Matter movement for political, social, and economic justice and protection from the abusive tactics tactics of some of the police. So this issue, this movement is sparked by the very public murder of George Floyd in broad daylight by some police in Minneapolis, Minnesota on May the 25th, 2020. Now, this movement appears to be so powerful that people of all races, ages, and social economic strata feel compelled to participate in person, in crowds, you know, with and without masks, and even in the face of the scourge and potential death sentence of COVID-19. So I think we all have to face the facts that this is a real movement. And as a result of this movement, I've heard from some of my white colleagues and friends who, after seeing for the first time on the news how Black people are treated by some of those in power, including the power to take our lives, including the fact that some 500 Black people are killed each year by some police 
for purportedly resisting arrest for nonviolent crimes, such as passing a bogus $20 bill. And this is something that each and every Black person in America already knows and lives with each and every day. So these, my white friends and colleagues, some of whom shared with me the first time that, you know, I was the first Black person that they ever had any kind of meaningful business or personal relationship with, and they wanted me to help them understand what was going on. So they wanted to know what they could do to help. So today's topic is why black lives should matter to white Christians and other white people of faith and what we all can do to help. My source material for today is my own experience as a black woman growing up in America. I was a military brat. My dad was a uh, decorated uh, non-commissioned officer who served in Korea and got a battlefield commission. And he was one of the first soldiers that the president decided that he would use to help integrate the service. My dad tells this wonderful story about how when he and his troops were on the boat coming back from Korea, and while he was in Korea, I was born, so I didn't get to meet him until I was a year old, but he talks about coming back on the boat and all the black troops got off, but he had to stay. And that was because he was going to be part of an experiment to see if black non-commissioned officers and officers could lead white troops. So I've had this experience my whole life. I also married a professional soldier was married to him for quite a while. He was a leader of men as well. I myself uh, am an engineer, telecommunications engineer by training, and also now a lawyer, and also now a member of the media. And my dad is is, uh, a hero to me in every sense of the word, because he demanded that I get a good education and I be a strong Black woman and make a contribution. And he did so for my two younger brothers as well, one of whom is a a chemical engineer and another is an air traffic controller. And all of us to the person and every professional black person I know have gone through trials and tribulations while we try to learn our craft and make a contribution, but we shall not be deterred. So that's why I believe that my own experiences as a, as a black professional Uh, give me some license to discuss this subject with y'all. And the other component is the fact that I am a person of faith. Now, many of you out there in radio land who know me, you know I'm not very religious in a sense. That is to say, I'm not dogmatic as to rituals. However, I'm very spiritual, and most of it comes from the fact that I was raised in the Anglican Communion. Now, the churches of the Anglican Communion Uh, themselves are part of one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And we consider ourselves to be both Catholic and reformed at the same time. Speaks a little bit to my schizophrenia for, 
for some adherents, Anglicanism represents a non-papal form of Catholicism, and for others, it's a form of Protestantism, though not with a dominant guiding figure such as a Luther or Calvin. For others, their self-identity represents a combination of the two. Now, the communion encompasses a wide spectrum of beliefs and practices, including evangelicalism, liberalism, and Catholicism. The Anglican communion is also known as the Episcopal Church, and those adherents to the tenets are known as Episcopalians, such as myself. Now, I was baptized in the Episcopal Church while I was still a baby, so I don't remember that ritual. However, I do remember the tenets of the church as they were drilled into me as a child and a young lady because I had to go to church every Sunday uh, until I was 12 when I was confirmed and took responsibility for my own soul. So that's just some of the basis as to why I think I feel comfortable discussing this topic with you. And when we come back, I'm going to share with you what I shared with some of my friends about what we all can do to support the Black Lives Matter and why it's important that white people be just as involved as blacks, because I believe that's what we need to move our country forward. But first, we're going to take a short break and I'll see you back on the other side. back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion on today's topic, and that is what we all need to do to, do to support the Black Lives Matter movement and why it's just as important for members of the white Christian family to be involved as it is for the black members. Now, before we took a break, I was sharing with you my basis for my faith. And I put a lot on the fact that I uh, was raised in the Episcopal Church. And there's a ritual that we had as part of my training. And it was that each and every week when I'd have to go to church, when I'd have to go to Sunday school, and when I, the year um, before I got confirmed, uh, I got confirmed on at a high mass on Easter Sunday when I was 12 years old. It was beautiful. And that's why Easter is my favorite religious holiday, because it talks about rebirth and revitalization. And that's where I became a young lady and responsible for my own soul. And it, it was truly wonderful. But as part of the ritual of going to church each Sunday um, and at school, the, the priest would lead us in a prayer for the leaders of our government from the Book of Common Prayer. It was the prayer of the people from the Book of Common Prayer. And we say in a kind of uh, call and answer, we'd say for the, for our president, for the leaders of our nation, and for all in authority, let us pray to the Lord. 
and we'd ask the Lord to have mercy on those. And we make this prayer not necessarily because we like the sitting president or any of those in power politically, but even though we might not like the president or anyone in power or agree with him or her or them, we wanted God's grace to shine upon him and them and to help them make informed and righteous decisions for the greater good of all humanity to the glory of God. And always kept that in the back of my mind because I have been involved in politics most of my life, not as a person running for office, but for a while I was a, uh, a lobbyist and um, drafter of, of legislation. So now that we're at the crossroads because of what has happened in the Black Lives Matters movement and This crossroad will either bond us as a people together, as one American people of varying complexions and faiths under God, or forever we will be destined to live in a house divided and destroy ourselves. So that's why we all should pray for all of our political leaders and At the same time, we, the people, need to be ever vigilant of our collective duty to speak the truth to power when that power is used for evil, even when we're afraid. Okay? So here's what I think we as a society need to do to support the Black Lives Matter movement, because again, by supporting this movement, I believe we're supporting ourselves such that we can come together as one people in this nation under God. I believe that especially white people, you need to, on an ongoing basis, learn about all aspects of American history, including this country's history of slavery and what I call the bastard racist offspring known as Jim Crow that includes economic and political discrimination that permeates each and every segment of our society in all professions, including the three that I'm involved in, STEM, which stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. One time I was a telecommunications engineer, worked for the Bell system, including AT&T and Pacific Bell, as it was known. The law, which I'm participating in on a daily basis, and the media. These are fields of value and purpose and can make a contribution. And by the grace of God, I understand that. And these are the fields that I have chosen for my life's work. But White people need to understand how difficult it is to be a professional person. There's so much, and I'm going to use a highly technical term here, crap that black people have to face in trying to enter these fields. And so when we are one or two out of a hundred in a room or, you know, we're made to feel uncomfortable And I wish my white colleagues would understand that. Also, we all need to participate in 
the local and nationwide reformation of what some consider, including me, to be the corrupt but necessary policing functions. And we need to do this to make sure that the policing function that we all recognize we need performs its primary goal of protecting and serving the entire populace. Then we also need to collectively hold white people in authority. Let's face it, white people are in authority. And we need to hold them accountable for changing the political and economic dynamic between the races in our society. And we also need to fund and oversee community-based programs that assure that members of the Black and Brown and Native American communities in this great country have access to fair and affordable housing, pristine health care, and a quality education. We need everyone in America to be healthy, safe, and intellectually strong so we can move our society forward. Nobody can take a back seat. No one can be a laggard. We all have to pitch in but we have to come from a a place of strength. And we get that by living in a safe and clean house, going to the doctor and being treated when we're ill and foundationally have a good education so we can not only think, but we can learn how to teach ourselves as we move our knowledge-based economic workforce forward to looking forward to the next century. And we also need to provide black and brown and Native American owned businesses with access to the capital, credit, and technical assistance they and we need to flourish in a capitalistic society. You can't be part of the capitalistic power base and economic base if you don't have the tools to participate. And when those tools have been intentionally withheld, we as a society have to step up and make sure that that changes. Here's the one that makes some of my white friends and people out there in the world lose their minds. We need to consider reparations for slavery. Now, why would you say that? Especially I have friends that say, well, I never owned slaves. No one in my family ever owned slaves. We migrated from Italy. We migrated from Portugal. We migrated from Norway. We migrated from the UK after slavery was abolished. But I got to tell you, the foundation, the contribution, the this country was built on free labor, So it's like a power grid had already been instituted on the backs of black and brown people and Native Americans. And then people who came later, they just plugged into the power grid. And now they have access to resources that many black and brown people don't have. And I like to say this, just as we as American citizens 
paid for the reparations for the Japanese Americans who were wrongfully interned during World War II, we need to consider reparations for the black people that laid the foundations for this country. So finally, we need to talk to each other across the races and not just at each other. Anyway, those are my thoughts for your consideration. So I'm going to leave it there for now, but it's always in closing. I like to say here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law. And I don't mean right politically or left politically. I mean, do the right thing in the eyes of our creator, especially when we want to move our country forward and not towards its demise. So I'm, until next time, take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. 